Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Santa H., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, September 21st, 2015. And today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page XIII, beginning with the first paragraph, We of Alcoholics Anonymous. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Hoodie R, The Twelve Traditions, Donna M, and reading the literature today are Duell, Michelle H, and Sharon R S. The share ID number for Sunday, September 20th, our special edition meeting speaker, Penny E from New Jersey, titled A Story of Hope, is 8010. 8010. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or a religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry his message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Hoodie R to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Hoodie. Good morning, Santa. This is our Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Israel. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we are powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a search and source moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message 
to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me read, and I pass. Thank you, Hoodie R. I will now ask Katie F. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, KDF. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions and the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page XIII, forward to the first edition. We're beginning with our first paragraph that begins with We of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I will ask Du L to begin reading. Good morning, Du. Good morning, Santa. This is Stu, and I'll start off with the um, 
caption above it. It says, this is the Ford as it appeared in the first printing of the first edition in 1939. We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. For them, we hope these pages will prove so convincing that no further authentication will be necessary. We think this account of our experiences will help everyone to better understand the alcoholic. Many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person. And besides, we are sure that our way of living has its advantages for all. And uh, thank you so much. Just want to put my camera on. Good morning. This is Duel, Recover Compulsive Overeater. And um, yeah, I'd like to start off with that first part where it says, we of Alcoholics Anonymous, who are the we? The more than 100 men and women who have recovered. And, you know, it shows it's, it's not a scary word um, to, you know, to say that we're recovered, which is a past tense. It says they, they recover from what seems to be a hopeless state of mind and body, but it's not. And they're going to show us exactly, precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. And I just wanted to focus on that word recovered for a minute. On page 85, it gives us a description of what it is to be recovered. And um, it says on page 85 in the middle of the paragraph, we're not cured of alcoholism. We're not cured of compulsive overeating. So that's the first thing we need to understand. We're not cured. But we do have a reprieve. And what does that reprieve look like? It says, we will seldom be interested in liquor. And if we're tempted, we will recoil from it from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude towards liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe, and protected, we have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. And that is, that is to be recovered. You know, I stopped fighting with my binging because at this point in time, I've put down the food. So I've been restored to the same way of eating. And then I'm not fighting mentally to go back to the food, you know, which is a same way of thinking. And I'm so grateful that this describes the process, you know, and there's 12 steps that take me through that process. And this big book is going to show me exactly, precisely the recipe, the ingredient. If I follow that recipe book exactly, precisely, I will get the same outcome that these people have. But if I start picking and choosing with that recipe, I'm not going to get the same outcome. And um, just to uh, focus on that word again, recovered, you know, it is not the only place in the big book that is found. It is found many, many places in the big book. Um, you know, I just wanted to just reference some of the places where it's found. It's found on the title page, which we read earlier uh, last week. It's found on XIII. It's found on XXV, the bottom of the page. Page 17, the top of the page. Page 29, the top of the page. Page 96, on top of the page. Um, page 132, on the bottom of the page. 133, in the middle of the, the paragraph. 
uh, on 146, page 146, the middle of the paragraph. Then again on page 20 on the top of the paragraph, and on page 45, the top of the paragraph, and just now what I just read on page 85. So it is, it is not something that we need to fear to be recovered. Um, it is something that we should welcome because we'll be restored to the same way of eating, a same way of thinking, and with that I pass. Thank you, Duel. And who else would like to comment on what was read? Kim G. Kathy K. Nessa R. Reva P. Sue B. Oh, I'm doing pretty good today. I have Kim G, Kathy K, Nessa R, Reva P, and Sue V. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Sansa. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. You know, we had a meeting where we talked a lot about the, you know, this being suggestive only. And if we, I, I think that we often use that as a loophole, that we don't have to do the work in here because they're telling us that we have to precisely do these steps if we want to recover. So a simple analogy is if you get a recipe of your favorite strawberry shortcake from your aunt and you decide to take that recipe as a suggestion and you don't preheat the oven and maybe you add more sugar because you like sugar more and you don't use, don't use uh, fresh strawberries, you use canned strawberries, will you get a strawberry shortcake in the end? Yeah. But will you get the strawberry shortcake that you love that your aunt serves? Absolutely not. You have to follow that recipe precisely if you want the outcome of the strawberry shortcake. And that's the same here. If you want to take this program as suggestions, don't complain when you don't get the results that the program is giving us. So I just want to give you some of these results. There's many promises in this big book, but those promises are there for people who precisely do these directions. So on the cover page is the first promise. How many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism? If you want to take this as a suggestion, you're not going to get that promise. On page 63, we have the third step promises. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind. If you want to take these as suggestions, you're not going to get that promise. On page 75, we have, fifth, we have the fifth step promises. And in here it says, um, our fears fall from us. If you don't want your fears to fall from you, take these as suggestions and not as precise directions. On page 83, we have the ninth step promises. If you don't want to do steps one through eight and nine precisely, then don't expect to have a, you're going to know a new freedom or a new happiness. And in page 85, we have the 10th step promises. If you don't do the precise directions and you take them as suggestions, don't have the promise. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. On page 88 is the 11th step promises. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. On page 89, we have 12 step promises. To watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. If you want to take this book as suggestions, 
Don't expect those promises. But if you do these directions precisely, as in this big book, let me tell everyone out there, these promises are available to each and every one of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Kathy Kay. Thank you, Santa, for your service. Um, this is Kathy Kay, a recovered compulsive overeating eater from Boston. And I'd like to focus on the sentence, many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person. I know that my, for myself and many people who I've known in OA, we come in uh, to lose weight, and we really do not have a sense of the significance and the seriousness of our illness. Um, it's in these pages, and I should say not just reading these pages, but reflecting on these pages and writing when asked to write, did I come to understand the serious nature of this disease? Um, we, we get so many opportunities when I think about it in each chapter, uh, starting with the doctor's opinion um, where I first learned that this was not only a physical allergy but a mental obsession. And I learned that even though I didn't have a lot of weight to lose, I had a lot of fear and dishonesty and self-centeredness um, that were, were all keeping me in my disease and uh, a very unhappy person. Um, and then to go forward and discover and learn that the solution was a spiritual one uh, for someone like me who was uh, an agnostic for 40-some-odd years, this was very disturbing and scary. Um, and yet, if when I read the pages, listened to all of you, and did my own work around uh, what was suggested, I learned more and more about the disease of alcoholism and food addiction. So the book really does um, come through uh, on this aspect of this first paragraph. We really do learn about the seriousness of our disease and, in turn, how we can treat the disease and have a daily reprieve. And I'm so grateful that what's forecasted here in the, pre in the foreword really does come true. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy Kay. Vanessa R. Hi, good morning. Uh, my name is Nessa R., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Um, when I came into the room in January, Nessa R., we can hear you. Press star one. Hi, hello. Sorry. We can hear you now. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that voice recording came on. Um, but when I came into the room um, in January of 2013, I was definitely hopeless. I came in beaten. I had tried everything that I could think of 
barring any um, surgical alternative to control the food, to control the weight, to lose weight, to keep it off. And, you know, although I succeeded for a little period, little periods of time in, in, in stopping the, the binging and taking a little bit of weight off, I was never able to stay stopped and to keep the weight off. And the heartbreaking part was that for the first nine years in program, um, that hopelessness actually increased for me because I wasn't getting recovered. Um, I didn't even, the word recovered wasn't even in my, in my vocabulary. I, um, you know, I did everything that my several sponsors told me to do over the years. You know, I went to meetings, I did service, I made phone calls, I read the literature, I had a checklist buddies, um, I did some modicum of step four, some modicum of step nine, but I wasn't really getting anywhere. And now I realize the reason why. The reason is that I was never taken through the steps according to the big book. So no wondering, no wonder that, that, my, that my recovery was going nowhere fast and just uh, the hopelessness, hopelessness just continued to increase up until about almost four years ago uh, or five years ago that I met my current sponsor and she took me through the steps and it wasn't without hiccups, but you know, I persevered and, and thank God she persevered with me and, uh, and I recovered. Uh, but it was only as a result of the precise instructions in this book and my willingness and desperation to precisely follow um, the path that these uh, men and women um, blazed before me. And uh, I am so grateful for that because I don't know where I would be now if, uh, if that hadn't happened. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. And Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. There is so much in this paragraph. I'd like to focus on just a few things. The first word, we. We. Um, the solution is a we um, aspect, and my disease was total isolation. Um, how? You know, when I saw people at my first meeting that um, had what I wanted and uh, it was more than the physical. Um, thank you, God, I was at my uh, step one where I was so desperate that I was at the point where I could even ask um, and be willing um, to ask how. How do I do this? What do I have to do? But what I really want to focus on is the last sentence, um, that we are sure that our way of living has its advantages. And um, we had a family wedding um, Saturday night, um, and working the steps of the program had its advantages, certainly, um, not only for me, but for everybody um, who I uh, touch in my family. Um, I had to do a step 10 turnaround, and you know, the advantages were way beyond having an abstinent meal at that wedding where there were many items that were formerly my binge foods, which totally didn't call to me. Um, but the resentment I had could have poisoned the evening with my mother-in-law, my husband, 
my children, my children's friends, the cousins, and the positive ripple effect um, that goes way beyond the body um, and has to do with the state of mind um, that's part of my disease. Um, and the positive motivation in this paragraph, we think it's seemingly hopeless, but it's not. Um, we can tell you precisely how to do this. We can tell you that I am a sick person. It's not that I'm bad. My whole life was about I was good or bad, and it all had to do with I had a good day with the food, I had a bad day with the food. I don't even use those words anymore. And we are sure that this way of living has advantages for all. And then the ripple effects to my sponsee, who I was able to share with um, about my experience with the wedding. So they are so brilliant in how they can motivate people without doing a hard sell. I'm just um, fascinated. And I'm so grateful to this meeting for really um, clarifying and hitting home to me you know, what this hopeless state of mind or seemingly hopeless state of mind and body uh, truly is. Because I don't think I understood it the same way as um, I do now that I've been listening to these meetings. So thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And lastly, we'll have Sue V. Good morning, Sue. Good morning, Santa. Thank you for your service. This is Sue B. from Maryland, a recovered compulsive overeater. I, um, I have some notes here in my book from when I went through this with my sponsor. And um, what I have underscored is to show other alcoholics precisely how we have have recovered is the main purpose of this book and I have written this book is a prescription and the big book is the medicine so how do we recover we have to study the big book uh, I love this meeting because I study the big book one day at a time it doesn't matter how many times I go through this I learn something new every single time by listening to the people share by going to workshops uh, and there's always something new that I can apply to my life. We are never cured, but the allergy can be removed. And the solution I have is spiritual. So we come in here pretty sick spiritually. We want to be perfect people. We want to try to be, uh, you know, we strive for that, and we can never live up to it because nobody's perfect except our higher powers. So we work on a spiritual solution and we work a day at a time to improve how we act and our spirituality gets better or on a higher realm, if you will. And the last note I have on this is, um, and besides, we are sure that our way of living has its advantages for all. And the note I have is, this book is not just for alcoholics, it's for all of us. And this is how I really recovered when I came into program the first time, I had four years back-to-back rigid abstinence. And when life hit me, I was no way prepared. I, I had my own ego involved. I thought I was Miss OA. Uh, I could tell you the great story of how to recover. Um, and then when life hit, I picked up my drug. And um, by reading this book, and studying it and working the 10th, 11th step every single day and doing service and 12th, 
um, I can be recovered one day at a time. I have a reprieve. My food is quiet and calm, and when the emotions come up, I know how to deal with them through step 10. So um, I look forward to going through this book again with all of you, and thanks for letting me be of service. Thank you. Thank you, Sue V. And thank you to everyone. Thank you, everyone, for staying within the three minutes. Um, we are on page XIII um, on that first paragraph for those of you who just came in onto the meeting. Um, who would also like to comment on what was read? Sally. Monica. Sally A. Monica. T. Leah. Anyone else? Leah M. Anyone else? Carolyn H. Uh, Carolyn H. I have Sally A, Monica T, Leah M, Carolyn H. Anyone else? Paula D. Paula, you didn't get me, Charles H. Paula D. I got you now, Charles. I didn't hear you. Charles H. Okay. Sally H, you're up. Good morning, Sally. Sally, we don't hear you. I'm back. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, the vision for you. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater, and thank you so much for your service, Santa, to all of us. So, yes, it's a wonderful paragraph, and it's a wonderful new beginning for all of us to um, take another look at these important pages, the instruction manual on how we get well when we have a very serious, um, illness. Um, this this is not for people who can just go on a diet, who can go go to a club, get a good trainer, um, and get a food plan somewhere. Whether it's you know Weight Watchers or any of the other myriad of other choices that we have on this planet, go buy a book from Barnes and Nobles. God knows I have an entire um, a set of bookshelves that are covered on the subject of eating disorders and all the different choices that I could choose. This is for the real food compulsive overeater or food addict, however you, you know, call yourself. Um, it, the interesting thing is that we won't get well if we don't get honest about who we are. I'm going to speak from me. Um, when I see this paragraph and specifically the word precisely, uh, to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. On page 20, they use a word that's very similar. On page 20 in the, in the first full or second paragraph, first sentence, it says, it is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically, precisely, specifically. This book gave me, empowered me to have the exact directions so that I could once and for all put the food down and then more importantly address the mental blank spot, blind spot, illness, uh, dementia that goes on in my mind and then even go deeper. It brings me on page 64, the bottom of the page, it talks about how the spiritual malady once the spiritual malady is corrected, that the mind and the body then is corrected. And that's the beauty of what this book does. 
So when we've come to the end of this paragraph where it says, many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person. You know, I had to reach the point where I stopped caring whether my family and my friends and whoever, my neighbors, my coworkers, understood who I was and what I'm dealing with. It doesn't matter if they get it. It matters that I understand who I am and that I have been a very sick person when it comes to an eating disorder. I had to look in the mirror and say it to myself many, many days in a row, I have an eating disorder, and stop putting a Band-Aid on something that was much bigger than that. And so I'm happy that we're here again at the beginning of the book. I'm happy that we're together, that we have a very effective herd to work together. And I just want to say to each and every one of you, be sure that you understand who you are. Be sure that you once and for all can honestly say to yourself, are you real? Are you the real compulsive overeater? Or are you still trying to figure that out? Because you will not get well until you own it. I, I could never get well until I owned who I am. I am Sally A. in South Jersey. I have an eating disorder. It's not enough for me to put a Band-Aid on it. I need this book with specific and precise directions. Thanks for letting me share with that I passed. Thank you, Sally A. And Monica T. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Oh, how exciting here. What hope we're being given again here. And right off the bat here, that big W-E, we. Who are, the, who are these people? And this, so we are the 100 people, 100 recovered alcoholics, who helped write this book? It had to go by all of these people before it was published, and I was and I was told that you know, Monica, it's a whole bunch harder to argue with a hundred people than it is with just one. So just one person writing this to me, you know, I could oh, lots of arguments, but when a hundred of them have come together and totally agree on this, you know, that's a little different story, and it's good for me to realize this, you know, um, that. Uh, I'll be arguing with 100 people who have recovered from what is killing me. So keep that in mind, Monica. Good thing. The other thing I was uh, instructed when I did this was to draw a triangle over the word that enclosed the big W-E. And at the top of the triangle, I was told to write the word God. And at the bottom corner, on one bottom corner, I was told to write my name. And in the other bottom corner, I was told to write sponsor slash fellowship. And then it was pointed out to me, look, Monica, there is a direct line between you and God. And the other thing I wanted to say, the italics writing, precisely how we have recovered, precisely. I looked that up exactly, specifically. These 100 people are going to tell us specifically, exactly, precisely, how they did it. Like Spence told, we're going to be given a prescription. We're going to be given um, um, a recipe. Well, we love that, recipes. And we have to follow it step by step by step. And the other thing I wanted to point out was the alcoholic is a very sick person. And I was told to write in my book there, physically, mentally, spiritually. 
and our way of living. You know, that's, we see this in the big book a whole bunch of times. Our way of living, you know, the steps. Living 10, 11, and 12. But what hope already here in the big book? We've just started. And here we're seeing the word recovered again a couple more times. We've seen it three times now. And we haven't even gotten into the meat of the book. How, how exciting and how hopeful. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica T. And Leah M. Thanks so much, Santa. Uh, we are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. <laughs> Seems incredible, doesn't it? Um, but it's true. For those of you that are still suffering on the line, let me uh, reassure you this too can be true for you. And, you know, those of us that have recovered, we owe it to identify as that um, because the big book consistently uses the word recovered to highlight that there's been a transformation. I mean, I don't know about your disease, but I can certainly tell you about mine. Um, I had thousands and thousands of binges. I was a compulsive overeater my entire life. Uh, you know, I was eating off the floor, out of the garbage can, eating frozen foods, burnt food, stolen food. I lied about food. I ate until I was on a, in a stupor. I would sit in my car in a dark parking lot and binge my brains out, uh, watching everybody else participate in life. Um, I knew the feelings of having headaches and nausea and stomach ache and, you know, I would cry myself to sleep that I'm never going to do that again and I don't want to lose my marriage and I don't want to be in this bondage anymore. I know what it was like to live in an obese body. I know the medical consequences of being fat. I know about shame. I know about humiliation. Uh, I know about being fat. You know, I, I know about the torture, the mental turmoil, the emotional torture of this illness. Um, this book is not a book of theory or philosophy. It offered me a clear step-by-step -step approach for the recovery process. Somebody in whom the problem had been solved brought this book to life for me. They pulled these black words off of the white pages in my blue book and brought them to life for me. And I'm happy to announce <laughs> that as a result of listening to the text come alive, getting a copy of this book, and implementing these steps in proper sequence in my own life under the guidance of a man who knew what he was talking about and performing the requirements in this book, I am very happy to announce that I have not changed my mind about taking that first bite in over 28 years. And that is nothing less than a miracle. What does it mean to be recovered? It means the obsession of the mind has been driven out. You know, and, and, I, and that has been my state of mind. You know, this program of recovery, these steps unchained my heart and my mind so that I can live a free uh, woman. It took me from a journey of, of blindness to a spiritual vision. And that can be your truth as well. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. And Carolyn H. Carolyn Star 1. 
Thank you so much. This, um, this is so awesome. One of the things that I never, ever did was read introductions in any book, let alone the big book. And for 24 years, I tried to read into the big book. I start reading this story, and I say, ah, this is boring. I can't do this. I'm all set. And I even tried to go into big book meetings, and but none of them ever started at the introduction. None of them ever read the purpose. None of them ever did any of that. So I never knew how important reading the introduction to a book was. Now, I won't not touch a book without reading introduction because that has the outline of what it's truly all about. And once I started doing that, when I came to these lines and started doing it the way it truly laid out in the big book, starting with the very crack of a cover, that's when things started to become very clear to me. You know, to be recovered, and I claim that seat when I go to face-to-face meetings, and people are like, you are so courageous to say that in front of the group. No. I do it a day at a time, and it's only because I read that in these beginning pages that I, too, can be recovered because I can follow that path of those men and women that became recovered by following the simple steps as they are outlined in this book. And I wouldn't know that there were steps outlined in this book without going through the introduction, page by page, paragraph by paragraph. And I love the ability to be able to decipher one paragraph at a time what this book truly means to me and to countless others. And just having the willingness to do this on a daily basis, living according to the way Life is arranged in this book. It's just an awesome thing to do. And I look forward to helping others as they trudge this road as well. Because it definitely is a journey. A daily journey. Just all I have to do is to want to be willing to do it today. That's it. Just today. I don't have yesterday anymore. I can't change any of that. And I don't have tomorrow, but to truly see who I am, how I was created, and the only thing that's going to save my butt in the fire is to follow the simple instructions as they are laid out in this book. I want to follow that path of be recovered and not follow my own path because that never got me anything but death and despair. And had I continued to follow my own path, death was definitely where I would have been. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Carolyn H. Now, Paula D. And thank you, Santa, and good morning to you. And good morning to all my fellow travelers. This would be Paula D. in London, Derry, New Hampshire. And yes, today I am recovered. You know, 
it says here on the first thing, a forward. What is a forward? And it says it again as we go, this is a forward. Hmm, they repeated it. It's an introduction. And what an introduction it is. Wow, does it start big? And I've, we've heard so many words of wisdom and, and recovery and how where they are today and where they were. But more so, more so, can there be more than that? This is the part, as I see, and this was written in 1939. And besides, we are sure that our way of living, that's it, finally living, has its advantages for all, not just for us. See, that's where I was, just for me. Oh, wow. Oh, no. You know, that's the part. It isn't just for you. Advantages for all. Go to the doctor's opinions. It talks about the children. talks about the wives. And then go to the back of the book. It talks about the employees. Everyone. Everyone's lives we touch. Advantages for all. A kind word. A stand beside. A come along. But I'd like to go just for a moment, as I still have a little bit of time, and I hopefully will use it well. The last girl wad. Now, this is in 1951. Look at the years, 1939, 1951. Today, 2015. But here it says, historians, and this is the last girl wad awarded in that year, may one day recognize Alcoholics Anonymous have to have been a great venture in social pioneering, which forged a new instrument, the social action, a new therapy, based on, and here it is, based on what? On the kinship. Kinship means related to a disease, oh yes, of common suffering. One having a vast potential for the merit of the ills of mankind. Oh yes, this book is a beginning but it's the lives it's touched that go out to reach another. There it continues through the years, one to another, one to another, and it continues to today, 2015. I repeat that year again. And thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. And Charles H. Thank you, Santa. Charles H., a recovered visionary calling from New York City. Um, to show others, show other alcoholics precisely how we recovered is the main purpose of this book. And I just want to go to the beginning of the book, Alcoholics Anonymous, the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. And that's just good news right there. I just had a vision. Can I share that vision with y'all? That, you know, um, that we could fill the Astrodome one day. And I'm, I'm looking at vision for you in my mind um, when this when this chip of a book, is launched on the world. That's my vision. That's my dream. And I'm walking and I'm awake while having that dream. But I just wanted to, you know, like, I want I want to drill down on seeing the hopeless state of mind. Like, I was so full of self-will. Can I show you how I shared my Can I share my Saturday with you? Just waking up, you know, God waking me up and I'm saying, yo, go, go serve. Go serve the poor and the needy. Forget about you today. Man, get get a strong page 86 in so you can email into your sponsor and your sponsee. You know, what a feeling serving the poor and the needy. I'm talking about in a soup kitchen, just like four hours, and just helping out. You know, not not because I wasn't indulging in the binge pool. Just, you know what, there's people out here suffering, man. There's people out here suffering. And the psychic change that I'm talking about is just serving people. 
It's people that's really broken. God uses broken people like me and you to help broken people like me and you. I heard that from a special friend. And, you know, that's the vision, man, to help others, man. You know, retreads and, you know what, like, I was a retread. I didn't get it back to back to back to back. But you know what? Like, I, I was convinced. And I and I like where it says, like, in every story, right, Bill, the end of Bill's story, it talks about utopia and faith without works is dead. The end of more about, the end of there's a solution is, you know, clear-cut direction, page 29. The personal story and then clear-cut directions on how we recover. And thank you, um, do well, you, you know, you, 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 you really did your homework, and, and and I thank God for you, for people like you guys, you know, because that's the vision, to help other people. You know, newcomers, you know on the line, I know you probably can't see it yet, but you're going to help a lot of people, and we need you to come in, and we encourage you, and God bless you, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Charles H. We have time for approximately two more People to share on what was read. Who would like? Who else would like to comment before ending this meeting? This is Ronnie. Ronnie P. Sharon H. And Sharon H. There we go. Good morning, Ronnie P. Good morning. Thanks everybody for being here. Ronnie P. Recovered compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. Um, the word "we" is just what this is all about, and I I cannot believe that they all decided that. You know, I mean, they just could have gone on and had meetings and just used word of mouth, um, something in them said, get it all down. And, you know, this was pre-Internet, this was pre-Web, this was pre-everything. So if it wasn't written down, how would they share it uh, other than word of mouth? And word of mouth, you know, if you ever play Whisper Down the Lane, (laughs) things end up very different by the time you get to the last person. So I'm so grateful that they were serious enough to get it down. Um, And if you ever read, um, you know, documents that chronicle how they did it, there was a lot of back and forth and, you know, lots of passionate debate and dissension about how to do it. And um, they hung in there. They did the hard, hard work of getting it down. And um, that's because they had done the hard, hard work of getting recovered. And the fact that it wasn't easy for them to do it, and yet they did it anyway, to me just embodies what this entire program is about. You know, of course it's not easy. Recovering from anything is not easy. And life itself is not easy. Um, they did it anyway. They were, they, were just so, they, they were just so wonderful, and I'm so grateful about that. And, you know, it's, it's a we program, and I think about how often in life I have tried to do, do my life all by myself. You know, it's like, oh, I have this. You know, I didn't depend on God. I was too proud to ask others for help. Um, I was had too much ego to maybe stick up for myself if I might look vulnerable um, because all of that, you know, I just feared getting cut off from other people. But, you know, life is about we. And this program recognizes that. And and we're brought together. I love what Charles just said about, you know, we have this mutual, <laughs> we have this mutual problem and it's united us. And now we can actually help each other. And we can do the hard work the way that our ancestors in this program did the hard work. And um, it's just so cool to me, too, that, you know, we're now using the phone to have this meeting. And Vision for You has a website. I mean, I got abstinent and I got recovered because of Vision for You. This is where I first heard what I needed to hear for years. And, um, you know, so we're using the medium that's relevant to us right now. And 
the people who pulled this meeting together, I'm sure that was hard work, and there was a lot of talk, and there was probably a lot of dissension about how to do it, and yet they did it anyway. And so the spirit of hard work, I'm so, I'm so proud to be part of this program and so grateful that people are willing to do hard work. Our ancestors in the program did it. The people who got this meeting together did it. The people who still contribute to it do it. And so it's just a it's, I'm just grateful. I'm so grateful. So uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ronnie P. And our last share for today will be by Sharon H. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, Santa, and thank you for your service, and good morning to everyone out on the line. Uh, my name is Sharon H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado, and I am so grateful today to be one of the we's that is on this meeting, OA Vision for You, and on this specific paragraph, because I began listening to this meeting uh, back in July of 2012, and this was the paragraph that changed my life. Um, I had been around for a long, long time in this program, and I could not, I could get abstinent, I could not stay abstinent, even though um, I'd had many years uh, sober in another program, and I never understood what, why it didn't happen here. But this was a paragraph that convinced me, and I do share that it was just like God shining his flashlight into my closed, cynic mind. And I began to see for the first time that in regards to this uh, food addiction, I did have a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And that was what I didn't get. And that was the beginning of my being willing to lay down everything I thought I knew. I was given a set-aside prayer that helped me do just that, set aside everything I thought I knew about these steps, this disease, about people's places and situations and how to deal with them. And it gave me a new experience with the God <clears throat> as I understand God today. And I am so grateful for that. And um, I did use this just like a textbook. I did um, get a little notebook from the dollar store and took notes like I was in a, a school. I was in the school of God teaching me and training me to see what I didn't see and to be willing to do what I needed to do. And so I am just so grateful for everyone on this line. I am so grateful to be a part of it. And I so look forward to continuing uh, to go through this book one more time. I mean, for me now, I'm going through it for the fourth time. And <clears throat> the truth jumps off the pages at me still. And I'm so grateful for that because I love on page 164 when it says, we know only a little, and that was my problem. I thought I knew a whole lot, and I didn't. And I still know only a little. But it says that God will continue to disclose more to you and to us. We are just willing to, um, for me, I had to make that choice um, to <clears throat> cooperate and put myself under the subordination of my father and I'm the child, and um, that's the beginning for me of being able to not only get abstinent by his grace, stay abstinent since May of 2013. So welcome to everyone out on the line. Welcome to those that have struggled for many years. Uh, I just encourage you to keep coming and listening and use this book as a textbook like your life depended on it because that's exactly the truth. Our life depends on it. 
that we may have a life and that we may be set free one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Santa. Thank you, Sharon H. And thank you to everyone who shared today. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Michelle H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant for, to, be for, to be suggestive only. Good morning, Sharon Michelle. Good morning. This is Michelle H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Missouri. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.